Yo. Welcome to the Autumn Miles Show. Autumn is a best-selling author, popular speaker, and wife who is obsessed with her husband and four crazy kids. She is also the CEO of the Autumn Miles Ministry, as well as a lipstick and lash enthusiast. Autumn's vision is to speak to the culture with bold truth and challenge you to act in raw faith. Here's Autumn Miles. Hey, hey, it's the Autumn Miles Show. It's your girl right back with you. Yes, five days a week. You can catch me right here on the word 100.7 F100.7 FM. <laughs> I've already recorded a couple shows today. Bear with me. I'm so happy you're joining us today. Thank you if this is your first time listening. Oh my goodness, we love you already. But we have prayed for you. And to all my listeners that listen every day, we have prayed for you. Pray for you guys all the time. Just really believe um, and, 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 and am in awe of how we record these shows ahead of time. And we hear from you guys that have heard the shows a week or two later that God has used. It's just amazing his timing of um, how he uses his word and when it precisely meets those that need to hear it. God is so good, y'all. So good. Um, I want to talk to you today uh, about something that I am passionate about. Um, Don't let what was once a haven become bondage to you. What was once a haven become bondage? Before I do that, I want to do some little PSAs. Here at the Automile Show, we are um, listener supported, which means we are supported by you. You out there. We are supported by you and we are so grateful for every nickel, every penny, every dime, every quarter um, that y'all send us. Uh, we put it to good use. Otherwise, we would have been off there a long time ago. <laughs> um, it is so important to me to be a good steward of uh, what God brings us and what God gives us. And I will just have to tell you, thank you so much for um, forgiving. Um, I would also ask if you have been listening to this program for a while um, and God lays it on your heart. Give. Um, we, we, we definitely need it. We have a great mission, which is bold truth and raw faith talking to the world about bold truth and raw faith. We have such a huge desire for people to know the scriptures in an intimate way. I have such a passion. I love it when I hear stories about people stepping out in faith um, as the Lord calls them to. Um, You can give on our website, uh, autumnmiles.com. There is a tab for you to give to the ministry and you can give either a one-time payment or a reoccurring payment. But um, let me just tell you, it is, we, we are so grateful for it. And it's kind of weird for ministers to talk about money, um, for anyone in ministry to talk about money, because, you know, you kind of get the, the roll of the eyes, you know, people check out or whatever, but to be 100% honest with you, this money is one of the tools that God uses in order to further his ministry and his mission. And um, my husband and I have always been of the mindset, um, God, get it through us. If you give it to us, you can get it through us. Um, we're not we're not people that close our hands. You know, we believe we believe in giving. We give ourselves. Um, 
uh, to our churches and to the different organizations. So if God lays it on your heart, if this ministry has impacted you at all in the last uh, little bit that you've been listening or maybe three and a half years that you've been listening, um, I would just ask you to consider that. Uh, I want to get to this topic today. Don't let a haven become a bond, uh, become bondage in your life. You know, I love my parents, y'all. I love them. Like with, with like the, like just how, how you love your parents. I love them. I was raised in a home that we didn't have a lot of money, uh, but we had a lot of love. I mean, I, my dad was a pastor for a long time, still is a pastor. And uh, my mom has worked and fought for the unborn for um, my almost my entire life. I actually don't have recollection of her not working at a crisis pregnancy center, which now she um, runs in their hometown. Love them. Love them so much. And there are times during the year that my heart needs to see them. Okay. Um, one specific time is in October. We live in Dallas. So, you know, everything's, it just, it just becomes yellow and dies. Okay. There's no vibrant color. I think there was like one red tree in our neighborhood this year and we freaked out. We got out of the car and took pictures by it. Um, you know, it's just the vibrant color of the North doesn't really, we don't see a lot of that in Dallas, Texas, as much as I love living here. But in Indiana, which is where I was raised, there is so much color. Um, And every October, um, my heart longs for the four seasons. And uh, inevitably, we go there every single year. I've actually done it for since I was one years old. So for 37 years, I have attended a festival in um, in Indiana called the Coverbridge Festival, which I think is amazing. But we've brought other people to it and they don't think it's so cool. And I'm like, what is your problem? This is amazing. It's really just a glorified flea market. Um, but it, there's so much tradition wrapped up in this, um, almost family reunion. My brother comes and his family, my sister comes, I'm there. My parents are of course there and we all go to this festival and, um, we will inevitably, uh, roast marshmallows and hot dogs and stuff like that. in the crisp fall air that evening. Now, my heart longs for it, even as I'm talking about it. I can't wait for October, even though it's April. Um, I want to go to this festival, but we do know that um, as we go expecting it to be a haven for our family, me and my husband and my four kids, um, we can't stay too long. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we've been married for 15 years. Um, we know we're a lot. I actually call my parents every once in a while. I'm like, do you guys want us to get a hotel? Cause we just, we know that we are overwhelming and we are not the quietest people in the family. The six of us like would rival the Cowboys stadium. That's how loud we are with our sound. Um, and so I will call them and say, would you like us to get a hotel this time with all of the kids multiplying in the family? Um, the house is getting smaller, even though it's staying the same size. And they will tell us, no, it's okay. My mom always says, no, 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 it's okay. But sometimes my dad says nothing because I know he might secretly want us to get a hotel room. We go, 
We're there for one or two or three days, something like that. And then we leave and we hug them and we love them and we come back to Dallas. Now, there was one time when there was a situation that made me stay over um, for several days after I went after the festival. And it was very clear that I stayed a little too long. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes we will look at something as a haven that God brings us into, but be careful not to stay too long. Not that I don't want to It didn't make this sound like my parents' house is bondage if I stay there too long, because that's kind of where I'm going with this. But it just sounded like a good story to tell. I actually asked the guys in the studio, should I tell this or not? I'm, I'm anyway. Um, sometimes we can stay too long. And sometimes we don't even realize that we've worn out our welcome in a certain area of our lives. Sometimes we, um, um, what starts off good can become bad if we're there too long. And that is exactly what happened to the nation of Israel. I'm talking to some of you guys today that maybe you've started a job. Maybe you started a job 10 years ago. I don't know what it is. And it was like, You had everybody praying for this job. If I could just land this job, oh my goodness, this would be a miracle. This would be a dream come true. This is something that I have wanted for so long. You had everybody praying, but now here you're 10 years post getting that job and you're looking around and you're thinking, man, I just, I, I don't feel, um, I don't feel like I'm being challenged anymore. I don't feel like I, I can sort of explore my creativity anymore. Um, I just feel like what once was a haven to me now kind of has me in bondage because now I'm really comfortable in the situation that I'm in. I don't really want to go step out in faith anywhere because what would that do? I'm talking to those of you that started off in a relationship and it was a haven. Maybe you ended a 10 year dry spell of not dating anybody and you meet this man or this woman and you think, oh my goodness, they have hung the moon, the stars, the solar system, the sun, everything revolves around this person. And you, your hands were sweaty when you asked them out on a date and they said yes. And oh my goodness, it was a dream come true and everything was wonderful. Um, Here, a couple years later, a year later, maybe even five days later, you're looking and you're going, what once was a haven now is kind of bondage. Note to all of you married people, I'm not telling you to get a divorce, okay? Don't get a divorce because of this. This is not confirmation or affirmation, okay? Um, but but some of us stay in these relationships where once were a haven, once was everything, and then we... Um, We take our eyes off of the Lord and put it on that person to meet our needs. And that thing becomes bondage before you know it. You're a couple years in and you're wondering, what am I doing? I'm not, uh, we're not even on the same page. I've taken my eyes off of Jesus. This is who I'm talking to today. Was something once a haven in your life and then it became bondage and maybe you don't even realize it. Well, that's exactly what happened to my friends the Israelites. I want to read to you guys Genesis 50, starting in verse 22. Now, Joseph, now this is post Potiphar, post coat of many colors, um, post him uh, interpreting Pharaoh's dream. Joseph, he was number two in Egypt, stayed in Egypt. 
he and his father's household, which would be all the brothers that sold him into slavery. Okay. This, this is the same guy, same Joseph, Genesis 50. And Joseph lived there 110 years. Joseph saw the third generation of Ephraim's sons, also the sons of Makar, the sons of Manasseh, were born on Joseph's knees. That's interesting. They were born on his knees. I just now <laughs> realized that. <laughs> we're born on his knees, literally. Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely take care of you and bring you up from this land to the land which he promised on oath to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, which was his father. Then Joseph made the sons of Israel swear, saying, God will surely take care of you, and you shall carry my bones up from here. So Joseph died at the age of 110 years old, and he was embalmed and placed in a coffin in Egypt. Now, Israel, uh, Joseph's brothers, went to Egypt because there was a drought in the land. And everybody was dying. They did not know that Joseph at the time was the second in command in Egypt. As a matter of fact, when they went before uh, Pharaoh and they asked for the food and stuff like that, um, they actually went before Joseph and they did not recognize him. They were forced to go to Egypt as a haven from the drought. And when they saw that their brother was there, of course, I just read it to you. He told them, listen, I'm going to take care of you. Even before he died, I'm going to take care of you. I want you to make camp around here. He actually sent for his father to come as well. And then after he passed away, he said, God is going to take care of you. Joseph and his brothers started the very nation of Israel, okay? It was a haven from the drought for them. Much like maybe that relationship was, maybe that job was, maybe, you know, moving to a different city was for a time. And they stayed there and they camped. And they got the sustenance of the land, the favor of the Lord. And as they stayed there, they grew and they multiplied. Okay. They multiplied into something absolutely magnificent, which would be an entire nation. So here we have them. I want to go forward a little bit because I, I think this is phenomenal. Here we have them. They have somehow been turned from um, seeking haven in the land of Egypt to being used as laborers in the land of Egypt because they have stayed. Okay. I'm trying to talk slowly so you will get it. Okay. They need someone 
to deliver them. And that's when they cry out to the Lord on behalf of their suffering, on behalf of their bondage. And God raises up Moses to go to Pharaoh at that time in Egypt to release them from the land. I want to read this passage of scripture um, to you. In Exodus 6, it says this. Furthermore, I have heard the groanings of the sons of Israel because the Egyptians are holding them in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Say, therefore, to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will deliver you from their bondage. I will also redeem you with an outstretched arm with great numbers. Then I will take you from my people and I will be your God. And you shall know that I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. Verse eight, I will bring you to the land, which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for possession. I am the Lord. What started off as a haven after years and years and years and years became bondage for Israel. They needed a deliverer. They needed deliverance. They needed to move on. They needed to move forward. And um, as I was sort of processing this today, you know, I laugh about my parents, but it is absolutely true. You know, they have a way of doing things. I have a way of doing things. After a couple of days, like at Christmas time, we only stay about four days because we know we're a lot. We know that they have their way of doing things and we do and we kind of move on. Um, If you don't move on from a situation, it will become um, a burden to you a place of bondage to you. And it's very interesting that it was when the nation of Israel started crying out to the Lord, when they started saying, listen, do you see the oppression? Do you see what's happening? Um, Do do you see uh, what's going on here? That is when God showed up and brought a deliverer through Moses. And I just wonder today, are you sort of walking through this situation that was once a haven that now is sort of worn out? You don't know where to go. You don't know what to do. You just know that the situation that you are in is heavy. You don't feel like it's honoring God anymore. You feel like maybe he is calling you to another place to, to somewhere, um, somewhere. I don't want to say greener because you know, the grass is never greener on the other side. Um, but somewhere different. He's the one that leads you. And I would encourage you, maybe you've gotten sort of caught up in the comfortability of the situation that you're in. I would encourage you to cry out to the Lord, to seek him, to get into his word, to start listening in prayer, not giving him a prayer list of what you think that he should do in your situations, listening to him because he will, just like he did the nation of Israel, he will lead you out and lead you on to the next assignment, to the next place that he has for you. It took a while. It took faith on Moses's part. It took trust 
on the Israelites' part to move forward from the land that once was so dear and such a haven. I I honestly think that this is one of those ways that um, we sort of get caught up. You know, some of us are stuck in this like um, haven to bondage um, circumstance. And some of us live it for years and years and years and years and years. I, I know very specifically with my first marriage, I thought it was a haven. I thought it would be amazing. Certainly my um, marriage to my first husband, again, not telling you to get a divorce. I am not telling you to get a divorce. But when I started dating my first husband, it wasn't bondage. It was a haven. I thought, wow, this is great. This is amazing. This is awesome. And of course, seven years later here, I'd uh, undergone a lot of abuse at his hand. Sometimes we need to recognize, and I do know that God wanted me to break up with him before we got married. I, it was me that entered into the to that um, situation of my own accord and of my own free will that God is good enough to give us. But uh, understand this. I feel like there are a lot of people that have entered into a situation that need to wake up. That need to just right now wake up. And understand, look at your circumstances. Do you see God moving? Do you see God blessing? Do you see, is there life in whatever you do? And certainly God is not always going um, to call us to a place of, you know, rainbows and butterflies. But but in your, do you have peace about where you are in your situation right now? If not, start crying out to the Lord. Ask him why. Ask him if he, you, he is moving you on to somewhere greater because there have been and so many times in my life when I felt like I was stifled, when I felt like I was stopped, when I felt like I was becoming stagnant spiritually, that I would ask the Lord, okay, Lord, do you have something else for me? Do you have something different for me? And if you do, show me what that thing is so I can walk in deliverance, not stay put in bondage. I feel like we have a lot of people that are doing this. You find you can't find joy. We had a guest on. He just talked about having a joy this week. You can't find joy because you're just you're you're making bricks with no straw, which is what the Egyptians had the um the Israelites do. You are constantly um working and you 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 you're so focused on that that you're not focused on hey, maybe God is calling me somewhere else because you're so busy just doing the grind that you you're not even seeking the Lord to find out if there is another way, another place he has you another form of an opportunity that he has for you and deliverance is possible. I feel like this will be very freeing today. Last thing I want to bring up to you is sometimes God doesn't want us to leave. Sometimes God doesn't want us to move on. Sometimes we need to be delivered in our mind from things that are preventing us from joy. I, um, I remember, uh, just, there was <laughs> a season in the ministry myself, I've been doing this ministry for nine years now, a season in the ministry where I wanted so badly to quit. I was tired. So tired. I was hurt. I was tired. I was weary. And I asked God, God, you, you want me to quit? 
This was a haven. I was, this was like a dream come true when I first started out. And now it's like the grind is getting to me. You know, me being the strong one all the time, I can't do that anymore. And God so lovingly and so wonderfully said, I don't want you to quit. I want you to change the way you're thinking. I'm calling you to grow in me. I don't want you to stagnate yourself any longer. I want you to learn some of these things that I am teaching, you No, for your situation, I want you to stay. And I feel like maybe that's where God may have your marriage today. You know, you just want to leave. That's the first thing that you want to do. You want to retreat. You want to quit. You want to give up. He's not changing. She's not changing. Um, Counseling isn't working. Well, maybe God has you there in a circumstance that he's not allowing you to get out of because he wants you to grow internally. Deliverance is possible. But just like with the nation of Israel, it comes, that leadership comes when we seek him from his word, when we listen to what he says, and when we apply those things to our life. I wonder where you are today. I just feel like God's going to use this tiny little show to encourage, to bring some freedom to people today, to have like an aha awakening moment to some people today, because some things that start off as havens end up as bondage don't stay somewhere too long change your physical positioning or change your mental positioning you can catch me right back here tomorrow at 3 30 on the autumn mile show the autumn mile show is listener supported and your donation to keep her on the air is much appreciated to make a donation visit autumnmiles.com and if you make a donation of 100 dollars or more you'll receive an autographed copy of her book of the month This program is underwritten by Merry Maids of Fort Worth. Your future starts now. Thanks for listening and join us next time for the Autumn Miles Show on the Word 100.7 FM.